For the players, the pop culturist PlayStation podcast is fueled by the Manshake. I lost 30 kilos in 10 months using this meal replacement shake. If you want to support the show and Max and my weight loss journey, or to even start your own, click the link in the description below. The Manshake. Real blokes, real results. For the players. I'm Ryan Betson. I'm Max Cooper. And this is for the players, the pop culture PlayStation podcast for 40 years of playing PlayStation, eight plus years that games meeting. But I'd like to thank you for joining us in this PlayStation conversation. This PlayStation conversation happens every Monday morning at 8 a.m. on podcast services, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify and 9 a.m. on those YouTubes. If you'd like to take part in future conversations with us, come and check out our socials, Facebook, Discord, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those links can be found in the description below. If you want to join us as the conversation happens, head over to twitch.tv slash thepopcultures, where you can watch us record this show live, where you can jump in the chat and become part of the show. If you want to support the show, you can. Tell your friends, tell your family about this PlayStation pod. If you are watching us on, uh, the, sorry, if you're listening to us on podcast services, you'll give us a five-star rating and a written review. If you are watching us on YouTube, you to like, subscribe, leave a comment below. I endeavor to answer every single comment if you want to support us financially you can at patreon.com slash the pop as well as our merchandise store across.com slash shop where you can buy shirts and other assorted shit with our logos on it hi everyone we're back after another week off uh we have uh returned once again hopefully uh returning to a regular uh semi-regular schedule at least coming into the christmas break um which we haven't even worked out what that is yet probably like i don't know let's have a look let me quick see what are we going well christmas day falls on a saturday so that don't happen uh and then the weekend previous is my my daughter's and wife's birthdays yeah we we might uh we might end up just like the 14th might be a lot so wait hang on so that's what's that? That's one, two. You might get three more episodes out of us before Christmas at best. Three, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah. So there's there's just been some 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 things rattling around in the ether. Some changes that have been happening, and as a result, it's kind of thrown a bit of spanner uh, in in our in the works in the production side of things. So thankfully, last week we we're able to still give you an episode with our very special uh, pack. Australia PAX Radio uh, version of the show where we talk, talk about the state of PlayStation. Would that one uh, fresh out of the vault for you all? I hope you enjoyed it. We were joined by uh, Paul James Games as well as Joel Grolton uh, to chat uh, Yeah, where PlayStation is at in uh, 2021. But uh, Max, it's good to see your face again on, on, on the Zooms. Oh, back to, yeah, back to the online. Yeah. I mean, it's probably safe. I'm sick-ish at the moment. Mm. I've been off work for the most of this week. Um, took the Wednesday off work. Uh, called my boss Tuesday morning as I was leaving work saying, hey, look, my kid's sick. Uh, can I get a day off? Um, my wife can't get Wednesday off, but she's off Thursday, Friday. But my boss is like, yeah, no worries. You know, family first, all good. I then have to ring my boss the next morning saying, I am now sick as a dog and I cannot come back to work. And he's like, yep. That seems uh, that seems reasonable. Uh, I'll see you on Monday. So <laughs> I've had all week off, and I've just it's thrown me for a loop. Yeah, because especially when you when you're working uh, overnights, as we've talked about here a thousand times, I, I, mean, uh, I literally forgot what day it was at one point. Yeah, because going to work kind of tells me what day it is. 
and then, then it, I'm like, and then additionally, because you're working because you're working to the night time, you can't change your schedule. Your schedule has to remain the same. Oh yeah. So like you still have to like stay up and do whatever and like. Yeah, there was a lot of like late snotty nights, coughing my guts up, and it was hot. And ended up having to go and get a COVID test done just to be on the safe side. Not that I thought that that was ever a, an ish. We still got to do it. It is the right thing to do. Yeah, so that all even came back. In, uh, even in our um, everything is open world. Yeah, well, not anymore. What? Uh, as of this morning, I believe Victoria has cl- reclosed their borders to international due to the new Omnicron strain. Oh, that's yeah, the Omnicron Percy I-8 from Futurama. So that's all, that's all, uh, back to hotel quarantine, I believe for any overseas travelers, which is probably, probably a good idea. Call. Probably smart call. Probably smart. It's not the worst call. Ah, uh, it just seems like this shit will never end. Yeah. Well, my week, yeah. my, well, my two weeks, I guess have been uh, interesting to say the least, but one thing I have done, uh, the last two weeks or so yesterday at the time of recording and the time before, uh, was fantastic fantastic uh after finally being able to get uh wrestling back in my life uh so i ha- so originally i, ha- I had a, uh, a week off of work for stress leave where i uh went and stayed with my dad who lives in melbourne so i essentially just like escaped everything that was here in geelong and just had a week away to to sit and process and and uh, digest uh the world uh and just take some time away and that did end with uh two yeah so two shows for deathmatch down under my favorite my favorite independent uh wrestling promotion of choice uh we had dream which is death rules everything around me australia's first ever deathmatch tournament so it was six matches uh all death matches so people just getting stabbed and bleeding and going through tables and glass and i, and I mean did anyone die or is it just like false advertising no no one died there was no actual death but uh shout out to kellen butcher becoming australia's first ever deathmatch champion which is amazing or deathmatch tournament champion uh and then last night i had uh another dmdu show which was uh uh, uh the it was the, the show was called peer pressure for de- peer pressure from dead people um which is i love a name because it's tradition right like it's tradition is people from dead people so uh, originally it was supposed to be at the ukrainian hall in essendon which is itself a traditional spot for uh melbourne wrestling but instead it was uh, both shows were at the arrow uh, on swanston which is great fun fact for anyone that does listen and is in from the geelong area dmdu are coming to geelong in january for malice at the palais uh where they'll be doing deathmatch here in geelong I'm going. You should. You should all Why go. Why didn't to. they call it Malay at the Palais? Wouldn't well, that have made more sense? It's it's spoke. It's written as Malice at the Palace, but yeah, it, I know. Yeah. But that's not how it's pronounced. No. So I feel that they they did it. They they missed an opportunity. No, they really really did. But uh, no, I'm very very excited. Um, <laughs> yeah, very excited. To hopefully. Oh, hey just show all you people i'd love to get you there max because i i know you're not a wrestling dude but like watching someone get like fucking yeeted through light tubes is uh is an experience yeah i'm sure it is it's an it's an adrenaline rush to, to no end um but uh yeah yeah so like it's it's been an interesting couple of weeks but uh yeah it was, it was nice to sort of to bookend the weeks um with wrestling as a complete just just forget everything's going and just like step away for a while and uh at least for a handful of hours just mark out for a little while which has been nice but one thing uh we have always uh continued to do max is play games that's what we're here for we're here to talk about so what have you been playing over the last two weeks oh man so 
I think I believe the last time we recorded, I made the comment of I should really uninstall Diablo 2 so I can play other games. You should. Turns out I didn't do that, and oh. I've just been playing a ton of Diablo 2. I have been playing uh, the... Is it the 25th anniversary edition of Skyrim? 20. 25? No. Uh, oh, no 20? No. 10. 10? 10. 10? Yeah, the big fancy pants special edition. That's yeah, the big fancy pants special edition. So I already owned the game, so I got the the free upgrade to the PS5 version. Uh, I, I, I did not have it digitally, so full disclosure, uh, we were provided a review code from the team over at Bethesda Australia and Power Up PR, so big thank you uh, for that. So I haven't checked out any of the new content yet because I started fresh. Yeah, me too. And uh, boy, howdy, does this game look way better than I remember it. Uh, but I think the biggest takeaway is the fact that the game actually runs at a stable frame right now. Yes, yeah, so I was in the same boat and- as you, so I pulled across my PS4 save. Um, what? Sorry, my wife just sent me a picture, and my kids just like passed out in her car seat in the back seat of the car. <laughs> She's been trying to get her to sleep for like an hour, for the last hour and a half. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, I did the same as you. I, I did bring my PS4 save across, and but I was like X amount of hours deep, and I was in I was in solitude somewhere, having no idea how the hell I got there or what I was doing. So I was like, hmm, I am going to start this again, which is a great idea because I, as Buddy in the chat mentioned, Skyrim, the game that never stops re-releasing, and every time it's re-released, for some reason I either play it or get a review code, and I go cool, and then I'm like, I look at my, like, I'm just going to have to start again right so i do i just start again and which is great because a i've seen that opening cut seed so many times uh i can for me it's 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 essentially the best way to spot the differences and for me as you said like the game just looks better and it runs fantastic mm. uh so i did try and put it through its paces and kind of loaded a ton because because it now has mod i think it's had mod it's support had mod for a while. Support at least since the special edition not this yeah edition, so but... i i kind of loaded a bunch of mods to see how crazy it would get before it kind of wigged itself out um and it, it holds up it 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 really you know it it definitely um can hold its own now because obviously there was always that there's there's always been that big discrepancy of the PC version and the console versions because yeah. the console versions never had a stable frame rate. You were lucky to hit that 30 FPS uh, with this, with you know, just the standard version running no mods. But now it does have that that smooth. I believe it's running at 60 now. Yeah, pretty clean. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it it actually holds it, and there's no there's no jittering. Um, I spent about four hours playing it the other night, and then um. I think one of the mods that I had loaded somehow got me essentially soft locked. One of the characters that I needed to speak to to complete a quest was just like, they would talk to me, but they wouldn't give me the right dialogue line to like complete the quest. So that that was kind of fun. But uh, yeah, it's just it, you know it brings back all those nostalgic memories of playing it way back when. But it just looks so significantly better and runs. Uh, the improvements are drastic. Yeah, so some of the things that I noticed straight away were texture detail, because when I booted up mm. the, the the original save, um, I was in solitude, and I was in like a castle, and just having a look at the minor details of the, uh, 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 <laughs> of uh, just the brick wall and the moss, and just like, it's like, it's minor things that really have just made it a little bit nice. Yeah. Lighting effect was, uh, lighting effects, sorry, were a big thing. Now, I know the previous version that came across the PS4 did sort of bring in guard rays and a lot of that volumetric lighting, but to see it, 
used even further here again. It does sort of add that nicer look for it. However, uh, because if anyone uh, has played Skyrim on PlayStation at all in its history, will know that it ran like shit on the PS3. The PS4 version was okay, but not really like the best it could be. But here I do feel like this is the best way to play Skyrim if you're a PlayStation person like we are, right? Because it is running, like it's, it's almost jarring because I'm so used to Skyrim running and playing unideally, I guess. Uh, I look at it and I it almost gives me a little bit of motion sickness. Well, see, I, the I first, go, I mean, the, the differences have been huge for me because the last time I played Skyrim, I played Skyrim in VR on PlayStation. And that, yeah, the texture detail on that is kind of, lackluster at best and to now come through and play the play the ps5 native version is is a significant improvement and yeah, yeah you're right it is definitely if you if you're a part of the the playstation family of consoles this is definitely the way you want to experience that game yeah straight up because yeah, yes you... yes i think almost everyone in existence has experienced this game in one sh in one way shape or form but this is definitely a good reason to go back yeah and and in the chat no which I imagine, like, because like, that's what it is, but I imagine it's like Darth Vader and Revenge of the Sith, uh, has asked, has Lydia gotten useful? No, Lydia has never been useful. Um, but she, I mean, she a, is useful. You can use her to sacrifice as um, to get the... I just dump all my shit in her backpack. That's about it, really. <laughs> Classic. She's the mule. <laughs> She's my mule. I'm like, oh, I'm carrying too many swords. Here you go. Pfft. That's, that's what she has been the best use for me so she's useful in that because those things haven't changed but i'm sure the ai is still a little bit shit but look overall you know i i would uh i would i would and once again if you're a playstation person you try to play it on ps4 try to play it, this is the best place to play it which also makes sense for a playstation person uh to play it on the ps5 uh it just checks out like logically it just makes sense you've got this version that version that version you play it here it's powerful as fuck like it's gonna it's gonna work it will give you that best experience but if you've played it before beware that it's gonna wig you out a little bit because your brain's not gonna be able to comprehend at least the smoothness uh, of skyrim um now i said i i'm very keen to get back in there uh, a bit more i was gonna play it on my week off i was ready and, and raring to go instead i ended up playing other games uh instead uh just just kind of my brain was in different space and it wasn't right quite ready for a big uh a big uh, fantasy role-playing game like that but max i did play another fantasy-esque game over that time which was tiny tina's uh one-shot oh, okay. adventure uh was it uh, uh something from dragon keep yeah assault on dragon assault keep. on dragon keep so it was like for those that don't know, Borderlands 2, back in the day, had this DLC called Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon's Keep, which is this little DLC spin-off where the, a couple of uh, the Vault Hunters, as well as Tiny Tina, are playing, essentially, their Bunkers version... Bunkers and Badasses? What was it, sorry? Bunkers and Badasses? Bunkers and Badasses. I believe is what it's yeah, called. They were playing their version of D&D, &D, uh, and you were playing in this world, and it's rad like it's it's all fantasy but it, because it, it is uh a role-playing game within a role-playing game and it's all being narrated by tiny tina things change on the fly as you know like you originally start fighting this big boss and they go that's too overpowered and they go oh no worries so she just scales it back then and there it's it's 
especially if you're someone that has played some uh, some TRPGs, like you do get a little bit of a chuckle out of it as you sort of see it be delivered in this very interesting, uh, like gun, like the you know gun looter shooter sort of idea, which also makes sense because D and D or most tabletop role playing games, you kind of do a little bit of loot and shooting, so it, mm. does, it fits quite nicely. So I'm only probably a couple hours in uh just because nature i've not played a lot of games this week but max i know you have a long history and love with this game yeah so i i haven't gone back to it since they re-released it as a standalone um i believe they they launched it as a standalone title to help promote their upcoming yeah time Tina's wonderland it's like 15 bucks too it's nothing I, nothing so i when i bought borderlands 2 i bought the season pass so i played it heaps uh, it was my favorite of the DLCs. Uh, it's just, it's such a brilliant setting because it's got that high fantasy feel to it. And it, it, it is very much, you know, a, a parody of that Dungeons and Dragons. There's so many uh, pop culture references throughout it. Uh, you know, Borderlands 2 is very big on their Easter eggs, uh, especially you know, in their weapons. So like all the grenade mods are uh, mage spells from, yeah. from Dungeons and Dragons. So you're throwing lightning bolts and chain lightning and fireballs and meteor storms and magic missiles like it's it's got all of those things you know and love from 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 D and they've just converted it into and given it that that wacky borderlands face facelift yeah so it's got that weird, weird, like that yeah that cool interesting flair to it you know like the 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 big bad evil guy is you know is uh the same villain from borderlands 2 but he's he's got a he's got a wizard's beard and yeah it's handsome jack with a hat on yeah 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 so it's just it, it's it's really fun it is one of the best parts of borderlands in my opinion yeah and i agree like i'm digging it something fierce and for the cost that it was i i i yeah yeah because in that same transaction i did spend 99.95 and bought the fucking uh, grand theft auto uh yeah. divinity <laughs> edition and i only really regret that so ugh yeah, so if you want to talk about that for a bit, I um I through the through the powers of Games Pass played <laughs> San Andreas, mm-hmm. and I'm so glad that I did not spend money on these uh, definitive editions because they are definitively shit. Yeah, they are and not good. Probably so. In I'll, I'll pull it up in last week's uh, news because uh, I had a had a doc ready just in just in case. Um, basically. Rockstar have come out and said, "We're aware we've done goofed." No, no, they That's said their their exact quotes were, "Hey, <laughs> due to the unforeseen issues with the game, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? You knew this. You pub, you pushed this." Yeah, like GTA. Look, so, fun fact: if, if everyone knows, GTA has <laughs> never been under actual any pressure to release anything. When have they ever straight up caved to popular to popular demand and release something? Right, so never. From- from memory, the rumor mill was that this collection was going to launch alongside the next-gen version of GTA Five, which was due to originally launch this month. Yeah, November 11th. And, yeah. and then GTA Five got pushed until uh, into, I think it's March, March next year. So maybe they were like, well, let's just drop these and we'll, we'll appease the people for having pushed GTA Five back. It was a bad call. Yeah, so... Anyway... Uh- I'll, I'll, I'll run through is, your theory after you... Yeah, they've, they've kind of turned around and said, you know, we fucked up. We're going to re... Uh, we're going to put the old versions back up on the store, only for PC at the moment. And anyone who bought the definitive edition but doesn't own the old versions will also be given the old versions for free only on PC. 
There has been no word on anyone who's got bought them on consoles. Now, thankfully, uh, the uh, the physical editions have not launched yet. It's only digital. You can only buy digitally at the moment. Uh, so hopefully some people decided to wait to get a physical copy and hopefully those people will no longer be picking it up because it, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a rough, uh, it's a rough sell. Yeah. So like, I think part of this is here, the reason we're not seeing it, uh, re-release on consoles is I imagine in order to get, uh, the original PS2 upscale versions, uh, at least on the PlayStation, they would likely have to recertify it because they've not, they didn't just remove it from, like, they, they straight removed it from the store. They just hide it away. Like, they straight removed it by the looks. Well, I mean, I, I still, I, I think I had this conversation with you earlier this week. My theory of PlayStation clearly didn't certify these definitive versions because they run like asshole. They look like asshole. <laughs> like, clearly something's gone, gone awry and they can probably put those back on the store. You'd like I can't to, imagine it would be that difficult. You'd like to hope so, only because yes, yeah, Sony have to like you know that they if they have done exactly the the cyberpunk level of hey we trust you, then that is just as bad for position as it is for Rockstar right now. Mm. If we're looking at it that way, uh, I, I'm unsure whether that's the case. But a uh, friend of the show, uh, a Dual Sense podcast, the guys out of uh, the US, uh, they they have a theory that mm. Rockstar sort of did this as kind of a possible little power move in order to be like, hey, everyone else is releasing games with a little half-baked and uh, they, people, they've been able to recover. So maybe it's them testing like, hey, how far can we push this? Like, so say like, even though we have no plans releasing GTA 6 now, like previously, you know, we've busted our assholes to get something as maximum awesome as we can on release. I mean, I mean, have they? They take an entire console generation to release a game, and the majority of the time, it's still buggy as hell. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, granted, the game runs, but it's still, you know, I know. Red, Red Dead came out pretty clean. Red Dead 2, sorry. Yeah, I guess. I mean, like, this, them going, well, rather than having to take 10 years to make this, what if we can do it in 8, and then we release it a little bit shitty, and then we just patch it until it's better? Like, because that's what everyone else does right now. Yeah, and I, but, don't get me wrong, I mean, if this is a theory, it backfired something fierce. But, but, I mean, if you look at Cyberpunk, that, that game instantly went down in price. It is now 15 bucks. Mm. They want you to still spend 100 bucks on these three games. Oh, we should also clarify. So Stingray X in the chat does comment while well, Rockstar didn't develop the ports. That is very true. They true. they hired a team a team called uh, Grove Street Games, uh, who are the ones that made the mobile ports of GTA Three, San Andreas, and Vice City. So I think they're a subsidiary, uh, or at least some way connected to Rockstar. So it wasn't Rockstar Games directly, but it's at least them going, look, we don't fucking care about them. Throw it over there they'll do it and then we can either reap the benefits or at least have the testing like because as, as stingray rightly points out they didn't develop it they can go wasn't us but at the same at the same point like as that they, they obviously they might not have developed it but they've published it mm. as far as i'm aware uh, yeah 100 yeah, yeah, yeah and for them to turn around and be like well this is how much we care about our own ips is also still concerning yeah like regardless of if they, um, yeah, they've they've obviously you know passed it along to to uh, to a team to do it. Mm. The fact that they've got so little care for their own IP is concerning. It is that part's a <laughs> little case. bit gross. Yeah. Uh, and look, 
we'll wait and see. Like there, there has been a big patch for all three of them. I haven't returned to it since those patches. I imagine it's still poo, um, but we'll we'll wait and see. Mm-hmm. But uh, th- was there anything else you played this week, Max? Uh so the other thing is because of uh, um, uh, I'm gonna quickly divert to TV really quickly. <gasps> R- Riot Games released their arcane series on netflix which is their it's a a league of legends origin story and that has super gotten me back into league of legends gross uh the that the anime on netflix is absolutely fantastic uh very well drawn very well written you need to have i would actually say it would be beneficial to not have any idea of who these people are you can go in not knowing anything about League of Legends and still have a really good time as it's an origin story. But that's got me back into uh, League of Legends pretty hard. I've been nice. playing it a lot this week. I've, I've kind of missed it. And then, you know, I'm, I'm back and forward with all the, the games that I'm still, you know, play from time to time. I'm still playing Rocket League. I'm still playing Destiny. Um, I've been playing a little bit of Halo, a little bit of Forza. I'm, I'm very much all over the place. I went back to Dark Souls 3 because I've... I, I've been digging Elden Ring so much that I just want to play Souls games. So, you know, I'm I'm all over the place. I'm a mess. Well, look, the closest you're going to get from me <laughs> is another game that we've been play- that I've been playing this week. So, thank you to the team over at Power at PR. Uh, we're giving a review code for the PS5 slash PS4 port of Death's Door, which is the uh, sort of, a, it's a Souls-ish esque roguelite ish sort of uh game where you play like ish ish i don't fucking know it's so it's this great little independently sort of game uh where you play a uh, a little raven who is the reaper of souls and you just go and kill things and and try to get try to take out these three major souls in order to uh travel through death's door is sort of the the easy pitch i I'm butchering it because I was playing it without sound on and I just was listening to music or pods when I was, as I was playing it. So I may have butchered the, the exact story, but I know you too, Max, have played this, but you played it on Xbox back in the yeah, day. Yeah, so it was, it was actually the very first game I bought on my Xbox when my when my Series X arrived. So how um, badly did I butcher what this game is about? Um, it, it, generally speaking, you, you kind of hit the, hit the spots. Um... Yeah, so it's one of those fun little isometric uh, roguelike style games with some souls pitched in. Um, so it's it's got your you know your, I think it's it's similar to that of uh, something like uh, Titan Souls, but it's not just a boss rush game. It does have you know standard enemies throughout. Um, so as you as you kill the enemies, you gain essentially the 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 souls of or the currency of the game to allow you to upgrade your uh, upgrade your abilities your your health your stamina your weapon damage all that fun stuff i never got very far through the game uh but the general consensus of a lot of people that i've spoken to about the game is it's game of the year contender yeah and i and i i agree um it is a very fantastic game it's it's definitely not being so souls like it is on the more difficult side it's, i wouldn't say it's a casual pick up and play game um i did struggle a little bit uh but once you get the hang of it like you know like anything you can kind of 
but once you you know you get that knowledge of how the enemies work what their moveset type is you can kind of you know you play to your strengths play to their weaknesses and you can you can get through it graphic wise uh it's this adorable um gorgeous looking game uh the uh, the art style is is absolutely phenomenal i'm a huge fan of those isometric style games where you can actually see everything around you and it just has that static camera on you and shifts as you as you um as you leave the areas but yeah it's it's uh it's fantastic look i'm but really it's digging definitely it definitely not a, it's definitely not a game for everyone no like it's probably not really technically it's probably not a betson game but i'm playing it anyway because yeah. i'm enjoying it uh mostly because it's charming like the way i, I yeah, love the it way is. it looks um the concept of being this bird there's a little bird yeah yeah the concept of being this small little raven that's just stabbing and shooting things is really fun and similar to yourself the isometric view i think is what's really bringing it home for me and i mean Mm. that in terms of uh with dark souls in that in that 3d uh 3d space uh i just kind of i it's I don't know. I, can't, I don't have the. My brain's not there to process it. But with the isometric view, I can see all the enemies. I can plan. I can. I can look. I can dart. And it does that. It comes with a much sim. A much more simplistic uh, control system as well. So it is mm. as simple as just square is chopping, X is roll. There's a heavy attack. There's some ranged attacks. But primarily, you're gonna just be mushing square, uh, which I like because it's easy. Uh, and what I love about it as well, with the isometric design, at least in the first two uh, level world thingies, like they feel like one of those weird three-dimensional paintings, um, just because you're, 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 it has the, the level of exploration or Metroidvania-esque things that you see in the likes of, uh, of Dark Souls, where the idea is, you, you know, you have to go down this one path, but as you further progress that path, you start opening doorways to make your trek shorter, so that way, if you do happen to be decimated by a boss at any given time, the run back to that boss is a lot smaller, and you're able to avoid all the major, and sorry, all, all the smaller enemies in order to get to that major individual uh an example being in one of the first areas when you have to take on the guardian of the doors which is this sort of anthropomorphic building um yeah so as you start you know making your way through you you start introducing get, sorry a bunch of characters get introduced that really help set up the beginning of the story uh and doing so also teaches you some of the base mechanics so by the time you get to this the garden of the doors all the pathways are available to you and you can go in there and then just you know run back to it as you need because it did take me a couple of goes um because buddy in the chat asked hoping it's hard as fuck i wouldn't say it's hard as fuck but there are some things about it that will be difficult. Um, but I think that with, at least uh, it doesn't feel as punishing as, say, a Soulsborne game would be it, to me. But there is essentially a hard mode. There is a there is a weapon that you can unlock where you you can do a maximum of one damage per hit. Why would you do and that? And it's one of the trophies, and it's it's essentially like a harder mode. It's umbrella, is it the umbrella? Yeah, it's the umbrella. Yeah, I found the umbrella by accident. I'm like, I ain't using you. But yeah, so for me, at least from my experience so far, it is primarily timing based. Where I feel with at least Soulsborne, there does that does have that sense of unforgiven uh, unforgiveness, which I find is just a lot harder. Uh, now, at least with the initial weapon that you get, like the timing is pr- you get about three strikes, and then there is a small time delay. Uh, so there is no stamina per se compared to say a, a souls like, but there is a limitation on how quickly you can attack and what the recovery time of that is. 
so I, you do find you kind of have to almost reconsider how you how you fight with a run. You run in, go one, two, three, and then bounce back out in order to prevent uh, just getting straight up fucked. The same applies for your ranged attacks. I believe they're on a short cooldown timer. Yeah, there is a cooldown timer. Additionally, you, you have to resupply your ammo and there are ways to do that. So when you, once you start furthering yourself in the game, it then goes, hey, this is how you can you know repurpose your range or how to, how to so repurpose it as well as refuel the ammo. And then I, in a true Metroidvania fashion, one, there was something that I learned in that second world that I went, oh shit. So then I ran straight back to the first area to try to replicate it because I remember seeing some of those things in there. But, uh, you know, I may have been a little bit, a little bit uh, ahead of myself because like it wasn't doable. But I'm really enjoying it. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Uh, when I'm done here, when I'm editing the show, I'm probably gonna play it because I look and I go, yeah, I, I, I can kind of see myself spending a little bit of time with you. Um, but other than that, what else do I play? I played some more Far Cry 6 as well. I finally cleared out the first area. That took a fucking load of time. It was like 20 hours or something just clearing the first area because I keep getting distracted by inane nonsense, uh, which is what these games are designed to do, I suppose. So I still have like two, three more areas to go. Um, I will, I will likely never see credits on, uh, on Far Cry 6. Still enjoying it though. Still love it. If you love Far Cry, you're going to love Far Cry 6. Mm. It's as easy as that. Uh, additionally, I did spend a bit of time in uh, 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 Harvest, not Harvest Moon, Story of Seasons, Friends of Mineral Town as well. There is another game that I've been playing, but off the top of my head, I can't remember whether, what when the embargo falls, so I'm going to have to keep that shh, harsh on that one because <laughs> I can't remember what the words are, but shh. I'd, I'd help you out, but I have no idea what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I could probably look at my phone. My phone will tell me. Um, let's have a quick squiz. Let's check out my 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 remembrance. Um, let's see. We'll go that one. Where was it? I have to do the, do the old search. Well, while you're searching, I'll do a quick... I'll, I'll essentially do a quick bits from last week's news that we missed. Um, so we have a few I delays. I cannot talk about it. So that was problem solved. Easy done. <laughs> we have a few delays coming out from last week. We have Pragmata, the sci-fi Capcom project that was first announced during Sony's PlayStation 5 reveal event. Uh, it was targeting a 2022 release date, but at the start of this year, Capcom has confirmed now that it has been pushed until 2023. Saints Row was also released for, uh, uh, scheduled for release on, uh, during February, 2022. Uh, and has just been, uh, Volition has now confirmed that it has been delayed until the 23rd of August, 2022. That is, a, is good. Like, it makes that sense is, to get the fuck out of the way of Elden Ring, etc. But, like, pushing it through to August, much. oof. And uh, in, uh, for a refreshing change of pace, PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 brawler Sifu has had its release date pushed forward. Originally set to launch on the 22nd of February... Uh, following a delay out of this year, it is now launching two weeks earlier on the 8th of February 2022, dodging that Horizon, Destiny, and Elden Ring release dates. I am so super keen to play that fucking game. I think it's going to like absolutely kick my ass, and I am probably uh, you know, going to hate it, because it does seem like a... If it was anything like Absolver, which apparently is quite hard, then I'm... Yeah, then I'm Absolver like, oh. is quite difficult. Mm. the same dev so uh it's yeah. if i look at like okay this might like i said you might, I might age too rapidly and just fuck up the game real hard because you every time you die you age so um mm. it's not looking good for me 
Uh, next up, we have uh, the Game Awards nominations were released last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Game of the Year, we have Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. You know what? If anything, you know what this has shown me? This has been a very quiet year. Mm. Like, not like a quiet, quiet year, because like there has been stuff that has released, but like in terms of high caliber goodness, it is kind of like to me. If I look at this lineup, I'm like, ooh, it's a little bit poo. Like you know, you like you know, in previous years, if you look back to last year, the year before, you're like, there are some big fucking hitters here, and it's got it's it's almost mm. like a ooh, how who is going to win? How? Pardon me, where I look at this list, and I'm like, it's probably Death Loop. Next up, we have Best Game Direction. We have Deathloop, It Takes Two, Returnal, Psychonauts 2, and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Uh, it's Yeah, so it's interesting, uh, you know, how where, where they go in terms of, uh, yeah. Cause, yeah. So game delivery is, is outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure where. Like, we, I'm not sure where this would go. We'll 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 probably run through our picture. Okay, so let's go. Let's go back a step, Max. Uh, who okay. do you think would be winning Game of the Year out of these? Because this this uh, it's right around the corner. Uh, I don't think it's this episode's next well, one. After. Well, I, well, I know. I know. Spoiler alert. There's some news this week. Uh, Resident Evil Village won the Golden Joystick Award for Game of the Year. Personally, out of that list, and I think even on my own list, It Takes Two is my game of the year currently. Yep. Um, it Takes Two was absolutely phenomenal. It was that uh, it was that co-op co-op game that had to be played co-op. I played it with my wife. Uh, it had this, you know, fantastic, beautiful story about a. Um, I mean, it was sad a lot of the time, but it was a, it was a beautiful told story of a. a a, a, a family going through drama and it was just it was so brilliantly told um it was a, it was a really good experience to have with my wife yeah so in a weird way <laughs> now I, I, I in terms of the games in this list the only ones i haven't played is metroid D- dread and psychonauts 2 um deathloop i enjoyed but uh i i think there this part of that game that didn't really land for me all that well uh, it takes two, as I agree with you. The way it was, the game was delivered was really clever. Um, and I think if it was any other year, it certainly wouldn't be in this list. But I'm glad it is. Uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart was very, very good. I don't think it was game of the year worthy. I don't think there was anything super outstanding about it. Uh, Resident Evil Village, we have also like so most of these games we've reviewed on this channel as well. Uh, but or this podcast as well, sorry. But Resident Evil Village, I think it's very, very good. Um, mm. It was weak in some ways, especially around its design. Uh, the idea of being a fun house of horror with almost like this Ferris wheel of, you know, there's the central hub of the village and then you go off and take on each of the indiv- individual bosses and each of those individual bosses created a different uh, genre of horror, whether it be body horror, standard traditional Resident Evil horror uh, or like monster horror, etc., etc. In that sense, it was very, very good. And I think I de- it delivered in those individual experiences. But from an overall narrative perspective, it did feel a little bit disconnected. Um, and that's, I guess, that's the, the, the floor of that design. Um, so if I was to look at this list, especially going off the back of some other news, I, 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 see, I see Deathloop doing well. Uh, because that game, A, got... In terms of critical... Re- uh, sorry, critical reception this year... Death is probably one of the most successful big fuck off games. Uh, yeah. 
so I'm going to say it's probably a tie between Deathloop and Resi. Uh, I think from a mass appeal perspective, Resident Evil will probably take it. But with, with a lot of these nominations, with a lot of the voting on this being around critical reception, I see Deathloop taking it. Uh, but for, yeah, for guess, best game direction, uh, Deathloop, It Takes Two, Returnal. Returnal, surprisingly not in the game of the year list. I know as Buddy in the chat says there's been robbed by not being in there, but I guess to... I mean, uh, it, it's hard when like the critics never finished it, I guess. As someone that hasn't finished it, that's very true. Uh, yeah, so I mean, Deathloop, I mean a lot Returnal. of people are saying that uh, that Forza has, has been shafted. So, you know... I guess it just depends on... Like, obviously, Returnal has been out for the majority of the year. Um, I do think that Returnal was a fantastic game. But it, it is one of those... And, and it happens a lot with, with roguelikes and those and Souls-likes and those more difficult games. If if you're not having fun with it, if, you're con if it's constantly just beating you up against a wall... It doesn't matter how good the game plays or how, how how good the game looks or as a whole package how the sound design works and and all that all that stuff comes together. It's just it's a bad experience and it'll leave a bad taste in your mouth and it it just makes it hard to be like yes this is this is the game of the year but you're gonna be you're gonna feel absolutely crap if you're not good at this game. And that's very much the experience that I had if I'm being <laughs> if I'm being honest. Like uh, I really liked it until the game just decimated me. And then I stopped the having game's fun. just like, it, it just takes you, gives you a wedgie, punches you in the gut and then walks away. Yeah. And then, and, but then when you're you try to like, play it again, it like comes back. Crying on the ground. Yeah. And then it just comes back and kicks you a bit more for funsies. Um, <laughs> so in best games direction, because what is this is awarding for award, awarded for outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. With that in mind, Deathloop is cool, but I don't see it being as you like in terms of if you want innovation and, and you, unique creative vision uh i don't th i, th I think death Deathloop does have some parts about it that are that fit that criteria uh psychonauts 2 apparently has a great story around mental health uh and sort of how that works within the game which is kind of cool ratchet and clank uh it's i don't think it's very innovative i don't think the creative vision is pretty fun is I mean, good. it's very much a ratchet and clank game. it's ratchet and clank where the only yeah. one i think of the in terms of outstanding creative vision and innovation would be it takes two because a like the creative vision of having that shared storytelling especially and, and uh, only playing with with two people uh and then returnal is fine but yeah so innovate like for me yeah it takes two uh it, is, it should win from a creative and innovation standpoint yeah and then lastly i put this one in just because i thought it was hilarious uh best rpg we have monster hunter rise scarlet nexus shin megami tensai 5 Tales of Arise and Cyberpunk 2077. Okay. Because obviously Cyberpunk did not make it out in time for last year's Game Awards, which means it was eligible for all the awards this year. Oh, yeah, because it came out just after, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, look, I... Uh, I uh... I th I'm glad it made the at least one of the lists for the lols. Um, I feel that's kind of the only reason it sort of got there, I guess. Um, but you know, yeah, fuck. I, I mean, I mean, out of those, I think either Scarlet Nexus or Tales of Arise will probably take it home. Mm. I think Tales of Arise both might of, do it. Both of them had, yeah. I think I, I'm more leaning towards Tales. Uh, they both had fantastic stories. They both had fantastic gameplay, and they're both very different in what they. 
in, in, in what they've done and how they present it to you as the player and how you experience those different stories. Um, Scarlet Nexus obviously has that, that duality story of uh, the two different protagonists, whereas Tales of Arise is one of your more traditional party-style RPGs where each party member has their own backstory, but you do have one to two main protagonists and everyone else is kind of along for the ride, but they do have their own reasons to be in there. Yeah. So, th- so with that in mind, Scarlet Nexus might sneak its way in as it is sort of a bit newer, mm. and a bit more innovative, I guess, uh, from, from um, perspective. SMT5 is a Switch exclusive game yeah. that only just recently came out. So I, I personally haven't played it. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise is also the Switch version of Monster Hunter. I also haven't played that. Mm. Um, uh, and Cyberpunk is still a hot mess. So to, yeah, so to, so to comment on uh, the discussion around uh, Deathloop and Returnal, no, no, in the chat adds, I find it funny. The audio, the audio, sorry, the auto save has made us soft, but now games are starting to push back and become popular, like should. In Kingdom Come, I got, I, I died and lost five hours of progress, like the good old days. The good old days aren't always better. Right now, I'm 32. I'm a father. I have a full-time job. I only have so much time in my day. And I understand for some, this idea is good. But for me, if a game doesn't respect my time, then it can get fucked. Remember the good old days where you used to input passwords to get back to the level yeah, you're up to? Yeah, no, fuck that noise. Fuck that noise. Like... I understand, like for some, it it is it is ideal. But if I realize if I have lost five hours of progress in a game, I ain't going back to that game. To me, that is a that is a disrespect to me as a player. Now, is that making me soft? Yeah, hundred percent. But like, there are features that are that are good. There are features that are handy in in the new world, right? So yeah, they 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 don't call them quality of life improvements. Yeah. <laughs> You know, because even like yeah, going going back and playing some of those old school games now isn't fun. It really isn't. Like I must admit, the one thing that I miss the most is the ability to pause games and have the game actually pause. Yeah, that yeah that that is one quality of life thing that I certainly miss, especially when these you know act all online whatever nonsense. You know, you pause and everything just <laughs> fucks you up for a while. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I, I think it's a, I think it's a bit different. No, but uh, I uh, it it varies on on the thing specifically um for me yeah i don't fucking time if i lose five hours like five hours is for me two and a half gaming sessions you know what i mean and, and i only have so many hours of my week that i can mm. that i can give up to playing games uh even even, even as people that make content around it and you know we're very kind to get review codes etc like we have to be very careful with the time that we have mm. you know um, but Killer also adds in the chat, as much as quote we're going soft, part of it, part of that is recognizing that we're older now. We don't have all this extra time to play games anymore. A hundred percent, it's just not feasible. And no comes back and they say, I get where you're coming from, and I don't disagree. I was annoyed at myself. I was about to save. I just wanted to push it and do after this one last. That's the yeah, like it, it's it's a tough, it's a tough like five hours is fucked so fucked everyone everyone likes some good old-fashioned saves coming yeah yeah big time <laughs> uh, you should see on- me when i play when i say uh, when i play rpgs like i think when i finish tales of arise i had 12 different save points just Jesus. all going at once because i'll save on a different slot each time just in case i like fuck up monumentally and i can just go back an incremental point 
Oh yeah, and, and, and fix my mistake. Any game with with dialogue options where it's like you want to do this, want to do this. I'm like, ah! I, I always say yeah, before it because for me, I look at I go, there is no absolutely no way. And then there's like, what if I make the wrong choice? And, and I love those points in games where it's like, if you do this, there is no going back anymore. Like once you go on this path, you can never come back to this area. I'm like, all right, no, I'm not ready. Save new file. Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, I am way too anxious. I want to be able to come back to this point just in case. Uh, we should also mention the Mullet Show has just resubscribed for his 44th month in a row. Thank you, sir. I believe it's pretty much since we started streaming the show. So, uh, streaming in general, I should say. So, big thank you. Big thank you there. That's like what? Four years? Holy shit, that's like four years. Hot damn. Close to. Hot damn. Uh, anything else we missed from last week, Max? No, that's pretty much it. Beautiful. Well, then, before we jump into the main part, like the main section, the main news, we should talk about the one section we do each and every week, Max. It is called our Get Less Fat Update. For those that don't know, I started a weight loss journey in in uh, 2020 uh, using a product called The Man Shake. It is a meal replacement shake that I am lucky enough to be an ambassador for. Therefore, they help support this show. So in order to keep ourselves accountable, as Max has started a weight loss journey this year too, each and every week we come and talk about how we're going, where we're at, what what's what all these things are. So this week, Max, obviously being unwell, I imagine yeah, yeah, I have not had any shakes. Yeah, well. I imagine you have not uh, continued. I've been clogged up here, and and liquid food is just not not fun. No, yeah, yeah it's not. It's not the ideal. No. So my week's been pretty meh this week. My week, your week has your been week. fantastic. So <laughs> for those for those that don't know, I started my weight loss journey at a hundred and forty two kilos this week. I weighed in at 102 on the nose. I have now officially lost 40 kilos, which was my original goal. So my original goal was was 40 kilos or as close to 100 as I can get. So I did it. I achieved my fucking goal. After uh, 18 months, I guess, I did it. I made it work. Uh, uh, yeah, I've lost just under 30% of my original body weight. Uh, absolutely insane. Big thank you, everyone, for giving me love in the chat. But yeah, no, I've, I've absolutely done it. And I cannot thank uh, the Manshake enough for literally changing my life. And, and either in how I see myself, uh, it, it allowed me to do something and achieve something as well. Like the nature of my brain, right? So while I had the week away, I did get my results of my ADHD assessment. And even though it's not an official diagnosis, because uh, that's another path I have to go down, it goes, hey, it's very likely that he has. I think I scored like 97 out of 100 or something. So something fucking crazy. <clears throat> but with that comes my inability to see things through. I've done it. I saw something through, something very, very hard, and like for someone with the brain like mine, doing something for two years, each and every week, every fucking day, doing it exactly this way is unprecedented. But I did it. Every day, because like, you know, like impulse control is a problem. Every day I fought against, uh, I, I fought against breaking my, breaking my diet, rocking that cage, you know, it was like eating things I shouldn't because initially before that, you know, I, I incorrectly used eating as a coping mechanism. So I had to break that. I then had to break impulse control, 
but yeah, after 18-ish months, I did it. I hit 30 kilos in a year, and then the last eight, the last, uh, you know, uh, essentially half a year, I used at uh, just to get these last 10, 10 kilos done because it took me a while, you know, because the the last is a, is is a, is a push. So my next goal, I guess, is to get to a hundo, lose another two kilos get into some double digits. I can't tell you the last time I was in double digits. It's actually insane how like, I, I think I, I, so I weigh less now than when I was in year nine, year eight, maybe like I, yeah, I was, I've always been a big person. So like I finally get to like re relive my wardrobe that I wanted to have as an old, as a fucking emo kid back in the day. And now I can do it. And thankfully the cyclical nature of fashion, it's all coming back. So phew. It's uh, absolutely fantastic. I'm very, very happy to finally hit my goal. Um, it, it felt like it was taking forever, but yeah, to look back on it and see how far it's gone, it, it's been absolute uh, pleasure. And and uh, to with that as well, I so I want to thank the Manshake for a not just uh, supporting my journey as an ambas- uh, as having me as an ambassador for the show, uh, sorry, ambassador for the product as well as on their week uh, their fortnightly show Man Talk. Uh, additionally having all you guys and girls and you know however you however you wish to see yourself choose to see yourself without your support i couldn't have been here like i'm sure all of you are so fucking sick of me posting my shit on social media being like hey here's my side by side look at where i'm at i know people got fucking mad at me but like there's very few things that i can be truly proud of in this world something that i have done and this is one of them so I apologize to anyone that has been frustrated or annoyed or just fucking sick of seeing my shit. But when I have, it's me demonstrating pride in, in, in who I am and, and my achievement. And it doesn't happen a lot for me. It really, really doesn't. So it's been nice to be able to have those moments and to have you know those around me that have been incredibly supportive uh, on this journey. And so now I'm in the difficult part. Now I've got to make sure I don't gain that shit back, Max. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the tough part. Yeah. But anyways, if you would like to uh, start your own weight loss journey and possibly change your life like I did, there is a link in the description. It is bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash F-T-P Manshake. You don't even have to buy anything. Just go check out the site, see what they have on offer. Uh, and if you want to give it a go, give it a go. Who knows where you could end up? All right, that's enough of that shit. That's, not, that's enough shilling and, and, and good feels in the chest. Let's get in the section called Inform the Players. We tell you about what happened this week in PlayStation. Well, like every month this year, the PlayStation Plus games have leaked again. So this, uh, the PlayStation Plus selection of PlayStation 5 and PS4 games for December 2021 look to have leaked early with reliable French website Deal Labs getting the jump once more. Due to be officially announced on the 1st of December, the games are as follow. Godfall, PS5, PS4. Mortal Shell, PS4. Lego DC Supervillains, PS4. Uh, Solid I'm mostly games, stoked for opinion. Lego. Solid games, in my opinion. Mortal Shell, another Souls-like. Godfall is a, a, a looter slasher, uh, which, rec- Pardon me. which recently got a big expansion, I believe. So it seems like a good time to 
to do that. And also a launch game for the PS5. So it looks like we're already dipping into the launch games, which is handy a year yep. on um, as, as more people are presumably getting their hands on PS5s. Uh, in the city for the for the resting, I saw some people carrying them, so I'm like, oh, it looked like another shipment's come in. F- fantastic. Uh, so obviously, um, this all remains to be seen. We yeah. will have to wait for an official announcement on the 1st of December. But uh, their track record has been pretty good this year, um, and, you know, you could... You know, it's pretty safe. Yeah, it's, it's look, it, it would be a reliable uh, thought process. Yeah. Uh, Lego DC Supervillains is a big one because my son uh, loves superheroes right now, which is awesome. Uh, so, be able to get this and him to sort of, exp- you know, play a couple of different Lego games as well. And a DC one because he's currently been playing the Marvel one. So, to uh, jump over to DC would be, you know, as someone that's more of a DC fan than a Marvel fan, big tick, big plus for me. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, with the PS Vita approaching its 10th anniversary, author Sandeep Rai has launched a Kickstarter for a 400-page book documenting the entire history of the now-discontinued device. Vita Means Life, which was targeting a goal of £6,000, has already surpassed 15000 at the time of writing and promises to, quote, take a look back at the events that shaped the fortunes of the format from its well-received announcement to its rocky launch and everything in between. What an and awesome idea! Uh, like ideally, if they can see if if this individual is able to get some sort of behind the scenes, you know, shit about the Vita because the Vita launched like the, the, there was ambition going in, and then upon delivery, everyone went ooh, and then of course it's rocky support where not a lot of first parties were giving it giving it its love, and then they kind of just let it out to die. Uh, so I think from a if it's an in depth look at the history of the Vita. You know, I think my Vita's, where is it? Right there behind me on the shelf. Boom. So I, I think this would be at least, at, at minimum, a very interesting read. I'll check it out. Uh, look, as I said, Max, there are people that I saw in the city yesterday with a PS5. But there are some that haven't got a PS4 yet. Some are still playing on PS3, which is weird in and of itself but some people are still actually playing multiplayer on those ps3s so most if not all of sony's service for ps3 online functionality were shut down years ago as the company uh looked to the future that's not stopped some industrious fans from working to bring these classics back however a group called themselves PS1, PlayStation Online Network Emulation, has been busy working to restore Sony's online games to let you carry on playing them. So to my point, there are people playing on PS3 and they're finding ways to adapt to overcome Sony's decision. It's quite amazing. By reverse engineering the PS3's online protocols, the group is setting up its own servers to which players can connect and enjoy multiplayer like it's 2008 all over again. The project is very much a work in progress, but there are several games already supported in this way. Motorstorm, Killzone 2, and Warhawk are among the games already functional, but there are a lot there are a lot in the works too. PS1 is bringing back titles such as SOCOM Confrontation, Resistance Fall of Man, Wipeout HD, and even PlayStation Home. There's no time scale for any of this work, however, as the group is operating voluntarily and they are not affiliated with Sony in any way. And the in- and this isn't even uh, a monetary, in- you know, I- pass. It's like there's no money coming in here. It's just doing it for the love of doing it, which in and of itself is absolutely crazy. 
Would you return to PlayStation Home, Max? No. So there's a there's a detailed guide on how you go about connecting your PlayStation 3 to their servers. You basically got to go in and set up your network settings correctly and change your um, your gateways. And you essentially run their gateways as your own and you can kind of join their essential private servers to play these titles, which is kind of cool. I don't know how big of a like a player base they're going to get, uh, but it's cool. It's always cool to see people do stuff like this. Yeah, and like for me, it always baffles me when I hear about these stories. People doing it simply for the love of it. Like, that's so much time and effort and just unimaginably unvalidating yeah. tasks. Right, like there is no, like that. They just do it for the love of it. That's insane. That is absolutely insane. But shout out to them. I am playing PlayStation Home, but what I do wonder though, like an example, or maybe not for Resistance because Resistance didn't have trophies. But uh, excuse me, if some of these games did in fact have online trophies, does this well, they allow now ping. them to ping? Because I imagine there are people that don't have Platinums that would really appreciate these trophies. Mm. Something to think about. I imagine, uh, I Kojima, imagine they wouldn't. <laughs> Kojima Productions has announced that it is expanding its reach with a new division focused entirely on film, TV, and music. The new team will be based in LA and led by Riley Russell, formerly of PlayStation. Uh, Russell spent almost 20 years at the company, occupying positions such as Chief Legal Officer and VP of Business Affairs. Russell said, quote, The new division will be tasked with working with creative and talented professionals in television, music, and film, as well as the more familiar games industry. The goal of this new expansion will be to expand, quote, the reach and awareness of the properties now under development at Kojima Productions and to make them even more a part of our popular culture. Business development manager at the studio, Yushi, uh, Yoshiko Fukada, then added, quote, Our new division will take the studio into even more areas that present our creative narratives beyond video games and to open up ways for our fans to communicate and immerse themselves in those spaces. Are we getting a Death Stranding TV series starring Norman Reedus? Uh, why not? Um, <laughs> this all, like this always makes has always made sense to me. <clears throat> the idea, because like if you look at what Kojima has done and what Kojima wants to do... I mean, if you just look at Kojima's Twitter page... He's just constantly hanging out with movie stars wanting to make films. <laughs> yeah, so very clearly he has a, a very cinematic approach in the games that he makes and the stories that he writes. Uh, however, the the stories that he envisions are, pardon me, way bigger than what uh, a simple movie, two-hour movie could deliver. Yeah. So he clearly is someone of ambition or one of, of that creative path. But games has always been his medium. So if there's ways that he can transfer what he has created, what he will create into that space, or at least help funnel some of that creative energy of his into some other projects, whether it be as a publishing partner or like a funding body, why the fuck not, right? Look, if PlayStation themselves are, are wanting to invest in those cross-media... There's actually a term for that. What's the, what's the term for it? Um... It is cross-media. Sort of cross-media ventures, whether it be having something on TV and whatever, 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 whatever. Uh, it, 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 there, I'm sure there's a... There is still a, a fiscal risk here, but I think 
the name of Kojima alone will at least support some small to medium sized projects if you wanted to mm. go that way. Um, I'm going to read the next one because I just, I, I've read it and it's very confusing how I've typed it in. I have no idea so how I, you've read that. So. so I'm just going to like save you by, by doing this. So, I appreciate it. I've, I've titled this Making a Returnal. So a couple of days ago on Twitter, Housemark tweeted out uh, a picture of uh, a screenshot of something inside the game. Mm -hmm. I personally couldn't recognize what it, what it was, and it just had the caption, Atropos dot 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 question mark. Do you think that Housemark could be hinting at some DLC for Returnal? Uh, why not? Because from memory, there was an interview that they did where they essentially said the idea of we aren't thinking about it currently. Mm. And like the phrasing of that to means like, hey, they're not working on it right now. But from mean memory, Housemark of... Yeah, from memory, Housemark have supported a lot of their other games with post-game content. Uh, Re uh, Rezogun got an expansion from memory. Matterfall, I don't know. Uh, shit next no, not, next not, next it didn't from memory like not from a full dlc expansion mm. perspective like returnals uh, sorry uh, uh rezo guns expansion was kind of just more levels really yeah so i don't think they've, they've they've delivered anything to the scale of what i presume this would be with returnal but it also checks out right at least from a uh, 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 from a them becoming a first-party studio, uh, you know most most uh, the, quite a number of Sony's uh, first-party titles have s tried to support DLC where possible. So it, it doesn't surprise me or baffle me that they might be interested in going down that path here as well. Yeah. And and what? Yeah. Why the fuck not? Why not? Would it make you go back? Yeah. I enjoyed the game. Uh, Seeing new stuff uh, would be cool. Uh, there is only five-ish biomes, and they're kind of all mirrors. There's that you know, the the first three are, are very similar to the second three. They um, so it wouldn't be it would be good to see some different enemy types. Some even if it's just different because uh, they have uh, daily leaderboards for um, set runs like seeded runs mm -hmm. uh, just different weapons and, and, and enemies would be cool even if it's something as small as that uh, yeah definitely check it out yeah uh, I think for the right people that might it might be something that they that they are really wanting me not so much uh, Hitman 3 Max uh, a game that so this dropped in what January and then kind of had like a big explosion then got real quiet real fast but uh, Hitman 3 will continue to support its post-launch content as part of a second year of supports. The studio of IO Interactive have announced that this will take the form of, of quote, new maps, storylines, modes, and ways to play, end quote, one of which is an elusive target arcade. Arriving in January of 2022, which is literally the second year of the, of the release, it will dramatically change how elusive target missions are played, potentially with modifiers and tweaks that you can make yourself. Uh, however, more information will be dropped uh, later in the year. Uh, I really did not spend enough time with Hitman 3, if I'm being honest. I had full ambition, like I was super keen. I just didn't didn't pull the trigger. Didn't come, to, uh, pun intended, I guess. I just didn't. 
Give me I a... played like the first four or five levels, and one of the earliest levels was like my favorite. There was this really cool, essentially murder mystery. Yes, played out and it was absolutely fantastic. Um, and none of the other levels kind of grabbed me the way that one did. Mm. Um, what I found is it, the... It, it, I felt like it almost peaked too early. Yeah, like the plethora of choice really kind of fucked up, if I'm being honest. Yeah, you do have that kind of analysis paralysis of where, I'm, where am I going? What am I going to do? I have so many options. Which one's going to work the best? Yeah, and once I set my path, I was like, oh, I've achieved my goal. You want to go back and do it again? Probably not, because I've done it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, quick bits. Uncharted Legacy of Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection has been rated for release on PlayStation Five and PC in North America. We may get it. Yeah, well, well it is coming, but it's so. Uh, was it dated? No, not as far as I'm aware. All right, I'm gonna have a look in uh, because I feel as like I mentioned dated. As I mentioned earlier, Resident Evil Village has won the Game of the Year at the Golden Joystick Awards. Upcoming brawler Sifu will have no difficulty options at launch, but may be added later. Uh, it does not. It has not been dated, so it just says 2022. So if it's been rated, we presume it's probably in the next like six-ish months, I guess. Uh, at least a handful of months potentially. Uh, but uh, but yeah. So Resident Evil Three Village. Uh, sorry, Resident Evil Three. Resident Evil Seven Village Game of the Year. Eight. Eight Village. Eight. Fuck. Eight. Um. Oh, God, I'm having a bad day. Um. <laughs> Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, so uh, Brawler Sifu will not have difficulty options at launch, but may be added later. Makes sense, because I think that's what their game was trying to deliver. So, Ghost of Tsushima and Sackboy are invading Fall Guys in Season 6. People are still playing Fall Guys? Fucking A. Mm. The first episode of Gorilla's official Horizon podcast, Gaia, is now available. Have you checked it out? I have not. Me either. And rock band developer Harmonix has been acquired by Epic Games... So I guess the Fortnite concerts are going to get better. Well, that's essentially what they've been assigned to do. So as both you and I, are, you know, well, well, well uh, versed fans of, of rock band as the mm. as the game genre, whichever, uh, it's cool because a harmonics is still going as long as they can support rock band. I guess the only way they really support them now is by I think uh, weekly challenges mixed with uh, some weekly DLC drops. As long as that continues, I don't see that being a bad thing. But you don't really need a full development team uh, to no. do so. And then they were working. What was the game that they released uh, recently? Was it Mixer? No. Yes. Fuser. 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 Yeah. yeah. So it was that that sort of DJ set uh, game which was released in the back end of last year. Uh, that didn't do as well as I think they imagined or were hoping. Uh, cause I don't, I don't, I don't think it's had a lot it was of, a, it was support. a lack, it was a lack of, uh, plastic utensils. Yeah. Equipment. Yeah. Plastic, in, plastic peripheral, instrument. peripherals is the word you wanted. Word plastic peripherals are handy, even though I myself have just got rid of a, a couple. So throw back to my friends at Deathmatch Down Under, their coming show this Friday, uh, sorry, this Saturday here at sorry here in victoria at ballarat the show is called uh through the fire and the flames on expert they're essentially having a death match tournament as a death match match sorry where the only weapons that can be used are ro uh, rock band and guitar hero instruments so i donated my old broken drum set and uh two guitars from guitar hero live because that game isn't supported anymore so 
I'm hoping someone gets really injured because um, those things aren't are not uh, designed not to be broken because they're designed for children to to destroy them. Uh, so that should be a blast. So if you don't if you don't want to use your instruments anymore, just give them a resting promotion. They might work in your favor. But yeah, what they're essentially being hired to is a, a create essentially musical journeys in Fortnite. Mm-hmm. And I think they, with with these massive success that uh, Fortnite has seen with those concerts from like Ariana Grande, I think uh, Travis uh, Scott, yeah, Travis Scott, who I don't really know who that is. I think Post Marshmallow as well, Marshmallow. Like this uh, does seem to be a path they want to go down in the future. So why not have a studio that is that is literally best known for making music focused games or at least music focused content too. Mm-hmm. So even from a relation, even from a relate a record label uh, connection standpoint, this will work in their favor. So even if they were just bought for licensing agreements, sure. Mm. Speaking of licensing agreements, let me fucking rebuy the fleet. The Fleetwood. No, let me buy. Sorry, the Fleetwood Mac rumors uh, DLC from way back. I didn't know about rumors at the time, so I didn't buy it. Now I can't fucking play it. I love that album. Let me play some rock on you, fucks. Right here are the top 10 best-selling games for the week ending the 21st of November, 2021. Number 10, Jump Force. Presumably was on sale. Number 9. Uh, yeah, it's currently $10, and it's really weird that it's on this on the, that list because apparently this online servers are shutting down in like a few months. Oh, oh no. Well, <laughs> fucking weeb shit. I imagine it's just all them weebs. Loving the weeb stuff. So number 9, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. Number 8, Red Dead Redemption 2 number seven far cry six number six grand theft auto five number five the last of us part two number four nba 2k 22 number three fifa 21 so ea sports fifa 21 i should say and number two call of duty vanguard number one battlefield 2042 now i have not played either call of duty vanguard or battlefield 2042 uh interesting I've played both. How's that going for you? Uh, Battlefield was hot garbage at launch, like it normally is. Mm-hmm. Uh, riddled with server connection issues, so many bugs. There's buildings without collision. There's it's it's yeah, it's rough. Uh, yeah. There has been some patches. It does seem to be running a lot better. Uh, Call of Duty Vanguard is fine. I've realized that I'm only good at Call of Duty games in the first week of the launch, when no one knows the maps, and it's purely based on accuracy and skill and not where the best hiding spot in the map is. Uh, and then I'm just, you know, terrible now because I don't play it enough to, to learn the maps. So I always get killed by some dude sitting in a corner with a shotgun. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've given up on ever playing uh, Call of Duty again. Well, if none of those games tickle your fancy, maybe some of these upcoming titles will. Segway like a motherfucker, well done. I know, right? We have Evil Geniuses 2 World Domination coming to PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 November 30th. Solar Ash, PS4, PS5, December 2nd. Kung Fu Kickball, PS4, PS5, December 2nd. Chorus, PS4, PS5, December 3rd. And I believe these are just out of the week, but I added them anyway. White Shadows, PS5, December 7th. And Final Fantasy 14 Endwalker, PS4, PS5, December 7th. Did you add it just so you could talk about Final Fantasy online? I know, because I don't think I'm going to pick it up, <gasps> to be oh. honest with you. Well, it's an MMO that I have to pay to play, mm-hmm. and I do not have the time to pay to play. Okay. It's just kind of wasted money. And then you additionally... So is the DLC on oh, I have, money on top? So I have, to, I have to buy the expansion, 
and then I have to pay to play the game. Mm. It costs about 30 bucks a month. And if I only play it like a day out of that month, it's kind of a waste of money. Yeah, like a $30, a $130 gaming session is a bit much. Yeah. There you go. Well, that does bring us to the end of the show. Big thank you, everyone, for joining us as always. As we said, probably got, a, we got probably about three-ish more shows in us for the for the year before we jump into a Christmas break. Uh, at some point, we want to talk about you know you know your Christmas uh, pickup bargain list or whatever things that you should probably pick up for your oh, family. Oh, the Black Friday sales on now. It's massive. Uh, there's huge savings. I think Guardians of the Galaxy is down to like sixty bucks. Yeah, which is on the PlayStation Store. Pretty fun, fantastic. Which is apparently is a steal. Apparently, the game is like a dark horse uh, game of the year contender. Yeah, very. Uh, I, um, it's from what I'm hearing as well, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, so check them out. There's tons and tons of titles on sale at the moment. You can probably pick up a very cheap bargain. Uh, additionally, uh, we do. We will have our game of the year awards as well, which are noticeably less prestigious than the shittest awards that you could think of. Uh, we will do those as we have probably in the last episode of the year, since to what we do, which will likely be uh, releasing on the 14th, perhaps. Uh, uh, yeah, probably the 14th or maybe the week after, but um, yeah, so uh, sorry, the 13th or the 20th. I'm thinking probably the 13th. So we, yeah, we'll, we'll let you know um, just because yes, yeah, a lot of things are up in the air at the moment and we'll do the best to uh, to get the shows together where we can. But there's at least three more in the year, uh, including this one. So I guess two more after that. Uh, so until then, Max, send us home. Well, everybody, this PlayStation conversation happens every Monday morning at 8 a.m. on podcast services, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify and 9 a.m. on those YouTubes. If you'd like to take part in future conversations with us, come and check out our socials, Facebook, Discord, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those links can be found in the description below. If you want to join us as the conversation happens, over twitch.tv slash thepopcultures, where you can watch us record this show live, where you can jump in the chat and become part of the show. If you want to support the show, you can. Tell your friends, tell your family about this PlayStation pod. Uh, if you are listening on podcast service, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a written review. If you are on YouTube, be sure to like, subscribe, leave a comment below. I endeavor to answer every single comment. If you want to support the show, you can. Uh, not the one. If you want to support the show financially, you can at patreon.com slash thepopculturist, as well as our merchandise store, popcultures.com slash shop, where you can buy shirts and other assorted shit with our logos on it. But until next week, I'm Ryan Betson. I'm Max Cooper. And that was for the players.